Hey, you're listening to Blindsight. Let's go. Dental health isn't something to take lightly. It's time to fight. It's time to thrive. Let's do this. Hi there. Welcome to Blindsight. This is your host, Bill Lundgren. Glad to have you on board and listening. Uh, We'll be talking about sexual abuse in this uh, uh, episode. And I have to caution if it's upsetting, uh, you need to keep in mind to call 988, uh, which is the national hotline uh, if you need to, uh, to talk to someone. Uh, but we'll, uh, it's an important subject and one that uh, we need to talk about. I also need to make a couple other announcements. One is that as of now, uh, what used to be AIN of Colorado is now Aftersight. And Aftersight, the podcast is with Penn Street, is now Blind Check. And uh, so when you're looking for our website, do uh, aftersight.org. And you know you'll find what you what you want, including past episodes of Blindsight, and that's going to be a whole lot simpler to deal with than the old name, which is why we changed it. And I also have to acknowledge, with some pride, uh, that uh, the staff of uh, uh, Aftersight have decided to start a. Uh, uh, volunteer of the month uh, situation and much to my surprise they decided to give January uh, give it to me as a volunteer of the month for January. I'm very proud and I thank you know the staff for that honor. Uh, So those are the announcements. Oh yes, one other thing. Uh, If you want to give our program any feedback what you can do is by telephone is 720-712-8856. I can't believe I remembered that. And if you want to go online and give us feedback, it's feedback at aftersight.org. Okay, that's in for the, the announcements. And I am delighted to introduce you all to Amy Wilson. And Amy, welcome to Blindsight. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be here. Ah, well, we'll find out. <laughs> okay, now, you have an organization I want to start off with. Could you tell me the name of the organization and a little bit about it? Our organization is a non-for-profit called Safety Positive Foundation. We are in the business of problem-solving the personal safety needs of the blind community. Great. Now, is that for both men and women? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit of how you got into this? What uh, made you decide to uh, to form this organization? Because it's almost brand new, right? Yes, we launched it March 3rd of 2023, so we have not even reached our one-year marker yet, 
and we have already served over 700 people. So I spent a lot of time marketing my butt off, being at different conventions and talking to different people, um, doing different breakout sessions and um, serving people virtually and just newsletters and my brain is just boggled by how many people we've reached and we haven't even hit the one year markers. (laughs) I know that it's incredible, but it also says something about the need. How did you get into it? So um, it's quite uh, an, an interesting story now that people keep kind of asking me and it's forced me to, to think about it. Um, I have been, uh, teaching personal safety for within the blind community for almost eight years now. Mm. I was one of those many coaches in the one touch project. And so I, you know, anytime I, I bring up personal safety, people are like one touch and I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. What many people don't know is there were, problems behind the closed doors as far as that goes. You know, I I, I want to bring awareness to to that as, as far as that goes. You know, so I, I was only in that for a couple of years. And then um, after that, um, I got with another organization that um, me and 10 other people who were all uh, coaches in One Touch, kind of decided that we wanted to uh, create something that what we wanted everything One Touch to hope and dream it to be. And after doing that for two years, I, I realized that it was still not not enough in my mind and also i really struggled with the sort of fear-mongering that 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 i felt that people were were doing and and it's my personality it's it, it it's a me thing i i'm not holding any ill will towards towards anybody but what i what i'm fully aware of is there's enough fear in the blind community that we don't need to, you know, in our presentations, talk about the the statistics every single time. Um, everybody has got their story of why they're there to learn personal personal safety. Um, so we didn't really need to sell the the why. People under you know, it's it's always the top three of why they needed to. To do it. But the other part was, is, you know, why do we need to have a special program for for the blind community? Why can't we take kind of what's out there and adapt it for for the blind community? And that's what I've I've been doing is I've taken what's out there and simply adapted it for for us. Um, There's no reason that we can't have equal access to, you know, what what the sighted world has, and so I've uh, been been doing that with virtual trainings, and this year we're starting with hands-on stuff, and 
in my younger years, I started with learning wrestling and judo. And I also, I'm a domestic violence survivor. And I'm not just a, a one-time domestic survivor. I've been... I've been sexually assaulted. Um, my my ex husband uh, abused me in in multiple ways, and so and I've been in other relationships where I've been emotionally and uh, mentally abused and verbally abused. And so when people come and talk to me about their stories, I can I can generally relate in in a lot of different ways. But it's also the reason that we've designed safety positive the way we have of teaching psychological safety first, because people need to focus on that 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 psychological safety side first before they get to the hands on part first, because even Mm. with my my trainings and things like that. I still went through those things. So that's where safety positive really takes that proactive. You, you've got to be, it's got to become part of your lifestyle. And there's, as we like to say, there's a method to the madness of what we do in safety positive foundation. <laughs> my, my story's a, a roller coaster of sorts. I guess. <laughs> Could you share some of that? Would you feel comfortable sharing some of that? Because sometimes we can talk theoretically but at the same time, when you, what you're saying is, I've been through this. So it's coming from a personal experience. Yeah. So once I was diagnosed, people started feeling that they could push those boundaries. And, and I didn't quite know how to, to respond to it. But my first encounter of when I was sexually assaulted, you know, I did speak up to somebody and looking back at it, the way that they responded, I understand now that the reason they responded the way they did was because of their own psychological issues, the way that they, they sort of had their own uh, challenges in life and, and things like that. So you weren't but, believed or, you were, or they, you were too close to where they were so they couldn't respond in care of you. I was basically told to kick them in the kick them in the boy parts, and that was sufficient. There was no let's let's talk about it, let's report it, let's confront it out. You know any of the things that I would do for for my children, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Type of situation, and so when things happened again. I didn't feel that I could tell anybody. Right, right. The you know, well, why would I tell anybody? The first person didn't handle it well, and so it kind of just got put on a loop in my mind. And I've watched that happen to people who have talked to me mm-hmm. um, now, to where it's like, well, I told somebody and they didn't believe me, right. or it didn't get handled well, or x y and z and i'm just like i feel you a hundred percent and and this is why i'm so big on the we we need to learn you know what are the proper you know protocols you know how what is healthy consent and boundaries how do we 
How do we report? Um, and, and the earlier, the better, because my first encounter was when I was 12, oh. uh, as, as far as that goes. And the, the other piece that um, I actually know I've repressed was people think that this does not happen to people within our own you know, blind community. And so I've actually had people with, you know, other blind people within the community who have been, you know, predators to, to me as, as far as that goes. And they're like, well, you know, disabled people don't do that. And it's like, yes, they do. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, or, or I've had, um, you know, where sighted staff members, have talked to me it's like well this blind person was doing this and i'm like it's not okay for them to do that and they're like well i i just didn't know and it's like no 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 this is not okay did you report them like did you say something like i don't care if they're you know they're a a, a unicorn with purple polka dots like it it does not matter <laughs> like what what no um So, um, we have people within our own community who are utilizing this to their, their advantage. And I've heard people even make comments to that effect of, well, I'm blind and I can get away with it. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, and, and I'll, and I've spoke up and I'm like, that is not okay. Um, but you know, who do you report them to? Who do you tell yeah, it to? Exactly. Um, and, and so that's one of the reasons, uh, also for, you know, me wanting to do this is because, you know, and I tell this to my team all the time. I'm like, if you, if you hear something, you know, or you, even if it's somebody within our community on our team, if if there's some psychological safety, physical safety stuff going on, you tell us. You you know you talk about it. We we once you know we need communication because we need to know what's what's going on. Whether it's you know even if it's somebody having you know a mental health struggle, right. I want to know what's going on. Um, type type of stuff. Like we're we're here to have each other's back and to keep keep people safe or even if it's somebody that's potentially not safe we want to keep them out of you know uh, you know out of the circle right right. as far as that goes so and that's a big controversy right now within the uh, blindness community and but even i'll be presenting in uh in another month to a group of a large group of uh counselors and every time I give them the, uh, you know, just a few of the statistics about sexual abuse, um, uh, 80, 83% of uh, women with disabilities have been sexually abused, according to some of the, the uh, are abused in their lifetime. And this, and uh, I don't have it for uh, blindness, but for uh, men who are deaf, hearing impaired, they uh, the number is 50, 53% of them have been sexually abused and 10% of men who are not disabled 
report any kind of abuse. So those are big numbers. And every time I say that, everybody's surprised. I don't understand why, but, you know, an audience uh, is going to express surprise because nobody's talked about it. And I'm awfully glad to hear you talk about it. It, it, it is it is a huge huge problem and with with the research that I have found with the um, uh, I'm trying to think it's the uh, CDC I want to say it's the CDC or the Department of Justice no it's right. the Department, Department of, of Justice okay mm-hmm. they they you know between their um, you know whether it's um, physical assaults, sexual assaults, the um, verbal and uh, emotional abuse. If you add it all up, four out of five individuals in, you know, in a, and I would, and I would dare to say in the blind community in their life have been abused in, or neglected in some shape or fashion in their life that 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 is that is what I, I i i feel like because you got it's you know they're saying 90 percent have been emotionally or verbally abused um statistically just that number alone that's 90 percent that's a crazy number right there I mean, we're not even talking about physical or sexual abuse, right? Right. Or or neglect. That's just you know. So that's where like safety positive. The first training we offer is our verbal craft training, and it's a self advocacy and assertive communication training because people have got to learn to advocate for themselves. We are basically taught to sit there, be compliant and complacent. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to hell with that. Like it is, it is no longer an option. It is, it is for our personal safety because so many times people, we're just taught to just go along with it, whether or not we're comfortable with it. That's not okay. Like, because we'll spend the, the next day, week, month, year sitting there playing that, well, I should have said this, or I should have right. done that, right. or I should have said that. Like, that's not healthy. It's it's it, it, it can be pretty much downright abusive. And, and 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 I've had it done. I know several other people who've had it done. And when you can sit there in the moment and go, no, I'm not okay with this. That is a huge, huge win in my book. Like that's that's what it's all about for me. If we can get more people to sit there and go, no, you're not going to talk to me like this. You're not going to treat me like this. And you can just stick it up your rear end if you're not okay with it. Like it's a you problem, not a me problem. That is that is essentially what we need to be doing. And and maybe not in the way I just said it, but like in a, <laughs> a light way. <laughs> but I mean, it's... It, it, it's downright dangerous how how people treat us, and they don't even think about it. Um, yeah, well, I wonder why sometimes. Though I I think I know the reason, but yeah, uh, because people, I think, because people are disabled, somehow we're less than, and then we can be taken advantage of. Did, yes. you, did that sound right? Absolutely. I mean, we are. 
out of all the diversity minorities, we are the bottom of the barrel, the absolute bottom of the, the barrel on any minority group. But you can join our group at any time in life. That's yeah. the, that's the mm-hmm. part that kills me. Like, uh, I took a couple of my board members who were sighted. They had never been around blind people in their lives. And they were completely floored at how people were responding to them because they were treating them with dignity and respect right off the gate. And people were acting like they won the lottery um, just based off of being treated with dignity and respect. And that's what I, I, I really want people to understand is you're allowed to be treated with dignity and respect. For, for any time, for any reason. And if they're not treating you with the dignity and respect, then then you, you don't need them in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that, 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 that's huge. Um, and the first time I ever heard that was from one of my board members last year. He, he talked me into starting this organization. He was like, you're allowed to be treated with dignity and respect. And I was like, can you please say that one more time? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> right. Can I ask how long you were in the marriage? I was in the marriage for three years. We were together a total of a year and a half, or uh, for four and a half years. Um, and I should have known that it was over right after we got married because right after we got married, we found out I was pregnant with my son. And he wanted me to have an abortion. Um, And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Um, And then things just got significantly worse from there um, as as far as that goes. Hmm. But I've had, I've, like I said, I've had uh, kind of, an amazing amount of relationships with uh, mental and emotional abuse. Um, I've actually had a relationship to where it was, if you don't stop talking, I'm going to kick you out of the car right now and leave you here um, type of situation. Actually, I actually had two different relationships do that. I was like, what are they passing notes? Like what the hell? Um, so, uh, me being able to speak up for myself has taken many years to sure. to really get get better at. I am fortunate enough that I met my current husband uh, about eight years ago, um, eight and a half years ago, and he has done a world of wonders for me and his patience and uh, allowing me to get better at speaking up for myself. Uh, as as far as that goes, um, I don't know if I would have the confidence to be able to speak out for myself and and others without his uh, patience. As as far as that goes, he he's actually the quiet one between the two of us. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's one of the requirements huh, to have a successful I guess. marriage. <laughs> <laughs> But you also got the courage to deal with what you have gone through. That's coming across real, real clearly. 
and be a model for others to begin to uh, change and to be willing to uh, to get better. That's the only way I can put it. Yes. Um, it It honestly started with my son uh, because I didn't I didn't want him to become like me and I knew the best way to set the example was to lead by example Mm -hmm. so um that was sort of my inspiration of uh, establishing healthy communication was um, by being able to communicate with him and um, break break patterns of bad bad communication. And so me and him actually have really good uh, communication as far as that goes. But, um, you know, when I started, um, you know, teaching one touch and started getting out in the more, more in the blind community, I, I really, cause before I, uh, started teaching one touch, I actually, um, I wasn't really involved in the blind community. I mean, I've been blind for, 30 plus years, but I wasn't involved in any of the consumer organizations or I pretty much just kind of stuck to myself. I wasn't what I would say fully accepting of my blindness. I didn't want to use a white cane or anything mm-hmm. to that effect. Mm-hmm. But once I got integrated and fully just jumped in and started hanging out and, and going to all the different things and, really understood the the need it was like okay not only do i need to you know be uh an example for for my son but you know the the community has a large need for this and Mm -hmm. uh, you know one touch didn't cut it um you know the the other organization i worked for they, they they were just doing a one thing and i'm like no, we need we need lots of resources. We need lots of choices, um, you know, because everybody is as at different levels in their you know in their journey in personal safety. Everybody wants different options, and I don't want to gatekeep that information and and uh, you know or their access to it. I want to make sure that everybody's got as many choices as they as they want, and so that's that's what it's about for me is just making sure people have access to whatever, whatever they want. Um, as, cause I'm, the majority of what's been taught is just, you know, breaking body parts and not everybody's comfortable breaking body parts. So <laughs> I'm just, uh, like, well, how do you mean breaking body parts? Uh, well, martial arts techniques, ah. uh, um, performing a, a, what it would be called a lock, uh, to where you would, uh, you know, break their wrist um, mm-hmm. if somebody grabs you uh, as far as that goes. Um, and I, I've taught enough classes to where, you know, I'd say over 
you know, half my students, you know, it's like, ooh, this is helpful, but would they do it in a real life situation? Probably not, because they're probably going to freeze. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. the the idea of you know breaking somebody's wrist, it, it takes a a strong mindset to to do that because the reality is is the people we are doing this to is not the stranger on the street. It's it's your intimate partner. It's the it's your caregiver. It's the person that's, you know, giving you a ride or, or something like that. It's it, it, it it's definitely not the stranger on the street. Out of all the people that have hurt me over the years, I've only had one stranger hurt me. Everybody else I have known in my personal life. Right. So that, 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 that's the thing that people need to get in their heads is, you know, they keep expecting this stranger to just attack them in the alleyway. That's not that, that's not what's going to happen. It's it, it is literally going to be somebody, you know, it's going to be a friend. It's going to be your family member. It, you know, that that's that's the part that's that's gut wrenching for people. And that's when people freeze. Right, and when you when you realize that this person that you know is about to do you harm, mm-hmm. and have to to cross over and say no, uh, you're not going to harm me. I don't care who you are, and whatever means that you. What I'm hearing you say, whatever means it takes to get that message across, because the difficult thing is for people to believe that someone who's blind or has any kind of physical disability means what they say. And they're not going to be patsy to anything that someone else may do to them. Just because you have a physical disability does not mean that you're going to allow someone to abuse them. Is that, is that in essence, what you're saying? Yes, that that we are not going to be targets. We're not going to be victims. We are going to arm ourselves with the the right training and information to protect ourselves. That's that's what I want people in safety positive to you know to to understand. But um, safety, but but your organization is not just taking martial arts as being the only way to do it. There are other exactly. steps that hopefully will do the job, but you've got to have that tool if the other things don't work. Your your mindset is the first part in unlocking it. You've, yeah. you've, got, it, you've got to get proactive about your personal safety first and foremost. And that sometimes is the longest part in the, in the journey and figuring out, you know, first, you know, how do you define personal safety? Because a lot of people don't even have a definition of what that is to right. them. Right. Uh, Absolutely. And so, you know, you gotta gotta look at that that particular part first. But then, you know, people also, you know, want to get into the weapons discussion of, you know, well, I'll just carry a knife or a gun. Oh, geez. Yep. I've I've had those conversations and it's like, well, could you actually, you know, stab somebody? If you can't, if you cannot do that, 
then you the knives get turned around on people all the time because the the other part is people are not doing ongoing training with it. You've got to practice with those things. And so that's one of the reasons that we got trained in pepper spray because pepper spray is a, a, a great way to where, um, you know, basically you can protect yourself. It's a, you know, non-lethal way um, that, you know, it's a tool you can access. There are other ways, like a flashlight's a great way to where you can, you know, shine it in somebody's eyes, Um to, to, to detour them as, as far as that goes. But again, we are all about offering choices. You know, I, in our newsletters, I'm all about uh, referencing to Batman's utility belts um, because Batman's totally got, you know, all these different options in his toolkit mm. uh, or in his utility belts that he whips out. And, but the ultimate, you know, tool that Batman has is his mind. That's the, the, that's the biggest tool that anybody has got to build is, is your mind, your knowledge, your skills. Um, you know, so many people want to, you know, use this latest app or that latest gizmo or gadget or whatever. Um, but, you know, the more you can build your skills and your knowledge, that is what's going to serve you long term. Because, you know, apps fail, this, uh, you know, that's not working or, or whatnot. But, you know, the more you personally know, that's that's your greatest weapon right there. Well, the thing is, the phone rings when I don't know where the phone is. The situation comes up where I'm, I might be harmed, and I'm not going to remember where whatever tool we're talking about. So I have to use what I can instantly bring up, which is what you're saying, the mind and the tools that uh, that I have on, on hand, uh, rather than saying, oh, you know, I'll just have a knife with me. Well, we don't always have a knife or a gun or anything like that. We just have it ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Good point. I'm glad you offer so many uh, choices, but how long does it take to get the training that you offer? So um, we have um, uh, we offer several different types of training. Um, our verbal craft training is probably our longest training right now, and it can be done in a one day. It's an eight hour training, mm. uh, as as far as that goes. Um, and we are our biggest. Um, Offering we have that we're getting ready to launch on March 3rd on our one-year anniversary is our safety positive guide. It's a subscription guide to where it gives people uh, in the blind community 24-7 access to training and resources in personal safety. It's, you know, innovative, revolutionary, never been done before, and... Um, we, we've got different levels as, as far as that goes um, because different people are, you know, more intensive of wanting to learn right. Right. as, you know, and all that. But we, um, so far we've got two different levels. Well, actually we have three different levels because we got a, a free level that anybody can join because we want to make sure that, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those, anybody can join the community to ask questions, join our tea times. We have weekly tea times where it's discussions on personal safety topics each month. 
And um, then from there, we just were packing in more and more um, information and, and training because the more that we've been uh, been going, people have been learning about us. We're partnering with different companies and organizations to offer more more stuff. And uh, I'm I'm a little nervous of how much information is going to be added in a year from now or even five years yeah. from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the guide is where it is at it's i kind of think of it as like the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy right Um, yeah it's it's that of the personal safety world for the blind (laughs) it's gonna have it ambitious but i think it's very necessary absolutely um i'm 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 very frustrated with the inconsistency of how the blind community has gotten personal safety uh, information. And so the, the guide is my way of saying, uh, screw that. Um, here it is. Everybody needs it, has it. Um, and no matter if, you know, people, you know, cause we, you know, we're, we're letting people, if they want to pay it for the year, they can, or if they want to do monthly stuff, they can do that too. We're, we're, we're flexible, but I just want to make sure that, People get access to personal safety training. I'm just that I get obsessive about it. Um, my team says I get on my soapbox about it, but either way, um, people people need the training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you you're a very articulate uh, proponent of what you're doing. What what I particularly respect is that you have a range of things that people can learn rather than one thing or one tool, which uh, I think frightens a lot of people. I know I've had some introductory to, uh, you know, martial arts, and, you know, it's a little, the idea of breaking somebody's wrist is uh, not something I can do uh, readily, let's put it that way. Well, we're even, um, so like I said, we're, we're offering pepper spray training, which right. I don't believe, I, I don't think that that's been something offered in the blind community, like by the blind for the blind. No, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. Um, one of the programs we're, uh, we're going to be introducing in the, uh, this year, sometime this year is a program we're calling able arts. Um, and we're going to be offering it to the sighted community because we are tired of, um, and it, it, it goes kind of something into more of where we're going to um, offer it for martial arts and self-defense uh, teachers, uh, instructors, because we know that when we come and teach uh, you know, a self-defense program or something, we get people like, I want to learn more. And we get people telling us that, well, I tried to learn in my area, but the the person told me that. Well, I don't want to. I don't. I don't feel safe working with a blind person. Mm-hmm. And our our team is saying, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope, not anymore. We are going to work with the sighted community on how to work with the blind community, so that way everybody can get access to personal safety and martial arts training if they choose to in their own areas. Um, and the, and the able arts, um, in in particular, that, that specific, uh, program 
is is essentially like a it's a a short program to where people can interact with the blind community in an appropriate manner to where we don't want to take off their heads to where people will stop coming up and grabbing us right or talking to us like toddlers and stuff like that so like we're already like this would be awesome at airports and (laughs) um and 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 things to that effect but um we we just know that um we want people to be able to access training um anywhere that they live and you know our team is only so big and as as far as being able to reach more people it kind of goes into where we we want to build a bridge into the personal safety space as a whole to where again anybody in the blind community can get access to training beyond just you know t- taught by the blind um so that's that's a, a thing that we're how do we're, people how do people get in touch with you so you can go to our website um at safety positive fdn.org uh and that's um, our uh, one of the ways. We're also on Facebook and uh, YouTube. We've got a plethora of videos on our uh, YouTube channel of wonderful uh, safety education information. And on our Facebook, uh, we've got tons of, of great information and, and resources on there as well. That's uh, safety positive. Uh, two words or one word, because so often everybody runs it to get runs things together. It, well, it, I mean, safety positive. It's it's separate. Um, if you're searching it on Facebook or YouTube, um, of course, for the website, it's all all one word. All but, one word. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, would you repeat that again uh, in terms of the uh, web page? I just want to make sure everybody gets it. Yep webpage it is safety positive and the letters fdn.org and the fdn stands for foundation for short oh okay okay gotcha gotcha all righty well this has been really exciting to hear about your program i'm really uh, so glad that you were on and uh you know uh, Keep in touch with us and let us know how you're doing. If there's something that you want to talk about in terms of some of the new offerings that you'll be, please let us know because uh, we'd like to be able to put you back on. Uh, I know that I will be talking about your program when I uh, speak to the uh, uh, people in the uh, in the conference later on because I think it's very very necessary. Thank you very much for being on, Amy. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. This has been Blind Sight, your host, Bill Lundgren. Uh, it's a pleasure to have Amy on. Uh, reminder, if uh, if this talk about sexual assault has, has uh, upset you, uh, call 988 and talk with the, uh, the people on the line. Uh, if you want to give us some suggestions or feedback, it's uh, feedback at aftersight.org or by telephone feedback 
712-8856. Thank you very much.